0: Hello, church family. It's an honor to open the word with you all tonight. Um, If you don't already know me, my name is Casey Jones, and we will be in Ezekiel 36, 27 tonight. So you can go ahead and flip there in your Bibles. While you do, I did want to take uh, this opportunity quickly to thank all of you. Uh, for the many ways that you have directly or indirectly impacted uh, Bree and I's lives. You have been a sweet family to us, and God was kind to bring us brothers and sisters like you. So please know that Bree and, and I love you dearly, church family. With that being said, let's go uh, now to our, our God and, and ask for his help before we open his word. Please play with me. Father, we ask for your grace that we may see wonderful things in your word, that we would be moved, that we would praise you and glorify you because of your spirit that you've put within us. God, help us to be amazed at that fact. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and read the verse. So Ezekiel 36, 27, it says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. I'll read it again. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The main thing I want us all to get tonight is the profound privilege of the indwelling Spirit of God. The profound privilege of the indwelling Spirit of God. And if you're a note-taker looking for a main point, that's it. That it is a profound privilege to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And we will think about this privilege by looking at just two privileges, which will be our points for tonight. And that is the privilege in the purpose. The privilege in the purpose. And then the second will be the privilege of piety. The privilege of piety. So let's look at the first point, the privilege in the purpose. What I mean by that point is that the privilege in the purpose of God putting his spirit in his people and causing them to obey. You see, our verse for tonight is God telling Ezekiel what he should tell Israel. And in the chapters leading up to our passage, there has been a very different tone. Israel has been revealed to be desperately wicked, going after other gods and living evil lives. God commands Ezekiel to pronounce judgment after judgment, most of which speak of the gruesome realities Of the exile. But by this point in the book, God gives great hope to his people. You heard it this morning in the scripture reading. God tells his people, starting in verse 24, that he will gather them back from the nations into their own land, that he will make them clean from all of their sin, that he will give them a new heart, and he will put his very own spirit within them and cause them to obey. He will make their harvest plentiful and they will never experience famine again. But it is important to notice why God will do all this. And he makes it abundantly clear. Look at verse 22. There, God tells Israel, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord Lord God, when through you I will vindicate my holiness. Before their eyes, God is doing all of this for the vindication of His holy name. Israel has profaned it among the nations, but He will display His glory through them before all the nations. So, for our verse, God is putting His Spirit in His people to obey Him. For the purpose of his glory. And this is the first profound privilege. If you are a Christian here today, God's Holy Spirit indwells you for the purpose of his glory. In his infinite wisdom and endless power, God has chosen you to display his holiness and glory. This is similar to what Isaiah says, uh, uh, or God says through Isaiah uh, in chapter 62 of his book, He says, "You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God." This is our privilege when God puts His spirit within us. If you're discouraged in your faith today or you came in here tonight weary, know that this is the purpose of God's spirit in you to make you a beautiful display of his glory, the vindication of his holiness among the nations. God does not plan to save you and then kind of put you in the corner and hope that no one sees you associated with him No, he saves you to be like a crown of beauty in his hands for all the world to see. But maybe you're more inclined to take this privilege uh, for granted, to take it lightly. For you tonight, it is important to know that this is a privilege, but it is a weighty privilege. Everything that you think, say, and do counts. You either tell a lie about your Savior with your life, or you will display His glory with your life. So what does your life say about God? Does it often tell a lie about who God is, or does it vindicate His holiness? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, and your life is in now full service to your Creator, But God is kind and gracious to us because he puts his spirit within us to cause us to walk in his statutes and be careful to obey his rules. In him, we have all that we need to live a life pleasing to the Lord when we display him to the nations. So the next time you want to indulge in self-exalting pride or the next time you're tempted to satisfy selfish anger, or the next time you desire to wallow in self-pity, remember this privilege of the spirit within you. He is working in you. He is enabling you, and he is causing you to vindicate God's holy name by your life. But one last application from this point before we move on, and that is church discipline. This is one of the reasons why church discipline is so important. If the purpose of God putting his spirit in us and causing us to obey for the sake of his holy name, then we ought to take obedience seriously. If someone is habitually living in a way that does not display the true God, then we must protect his holy name. By withdrawing our approval of that person's profession. And we do it with hopes of that person realizing the error in their ways. So that they would repent from their sins and trust in Christ. So although church discipline can be a hard thing to do. It is a deeply important thing to do. But let's go now to our next point to the privilege of piety. The privilege of piety. As I've already begun to explain, we do not receive the Holy Spirit and remain neutral. He causes us to obey and to do good works. We need to see the privilege it is to obey God's rules and to walk in his statutes. Scripture is clear. To live by God's commands is true life. Psalm 1 says that to meditate on the law day and night produces fruit in you and causes you to be immovable no matter the circumstances. Romans 8 explains that walking by the Spirit, which is submitting to God's law, brings life and peace. Jesus sums up the law and the prophets with love God and love others. 1 John 5 Says that a love for God and for one another looks like obedience to God's commands. Friends, to walk in His statutes and to be careful to obey His rules is not burdensome. It is a light and easy yoke. For those in Christ, obedience produces true life, it produces love and peace no matter the circumstance. So it is a privilege to obey God's commands and to have true piety brought about by the Spirit in us. But as Brad pointed out this morning, this privilege is even greater when we remember where we came from. Before God made us alive and put his Spirit within us, we were desperately wicked just like the Israelites. We, like them, were once foolish and disobedient. We were led astray and a slave to many pleasures and passions. We were passing our days in malice and envy, being hated by others and hating one another. But God, according to his own mercy, displayed his goodness And his loving kindness by proclaiming peace to us, a, a wicked people. By his mercy and not our own works, he saved us. He poured his own Holy Spirit into our hearts through our Savior Jesus Christ. And washed us from our sins and transgressions. So that we would be justified and spend eternal life with him. We are now his people, and he is our God. Now that we have died with Christ, God raised us to walk in newness of life by his spirit. It is new life to walk in his statutes. It is true life to be careful to obey his rules. The privilege of piety is the privilege of true life and life abundant. But to anyone here tonight who may not consider themselves a Christian, know that these privileges can be yours even today. God does not desire to be your enemy. He makes that clear in chapter 33, verse 11. He says he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked And then he calls out to them and he's calling out to you even now to turn from your ways and follow him. He sent his son to live, die, and rise from the dead so that you, if you would turn from your sin and trust in him, you would be reconciled. So I plead with you even now to consider these things and to turn from your ways and to trust in Christ. And now, to those who are Christians, but might be thinking from all this, that obedience is not that easy, that you want to obey but find yourself so often not obeying. For you, I would say two things, the first being, know the abounding grace that you have access to by the Spirit through Christ in the Father. Pray that God would strengthen you and help you to be careful to obey his rules so that you would experience true life and peace and love with God and others. It's like this. The president has access to an insane amount of protection. If a president feels in any way in danger, In a moment's notice, he can be enveloped in protection. And within minutes, he can be taken out of that danger. And within hours, he can be at home sleeping in his own bed at peace. Friends, we have access to the all-powerful, all-knowing, sovereign God of the universe. So go to him for help in your time of need if obedience feels insurmountable at times. The second thing that I would say is look around UBC. The Holy Spirit is clearly working out this very verse in those around us. And as we see God's faithfulness in the lives of those around us, we should be encouraged and we should know that God is being just as as faithful to us. So let's do that. For example, look at Rob Arndt and imitate his deep care for others and his generous life. See Caleb Pond's quiet, faithful service to this church week in and week out and be encouraged. Watch Anton's deep desire to obey God's word and praise God for it. See the Boudreaux faithfully love and teach their children and the children of UBC and do the same. Look at Brooks Cameron's hunger for the word and pray that you would have that same hunger. Watch Natalie Davies' joy in the Lord and be encouraged. See Frank Hannon's faithful care for the sick and follow in his example. Look at Chris Shaw's gentle wisdom and work to be like him. Watch Danny and Debbie Wright as they faithfully devote themselves to prayer and be like them. See Wayne and Mildred's faithful service to this church, and serve alongside them. Friends, I had a whole list of other names that we don't have time to get to, but look around and see our verse for tonight in action. UBC is alive. God has put his spirit in us and is causing us to walk in his statutes and to be careful to obey his rules. He is faithful to his word, so praise God for it. Be amazed tonight at the privilege it is for God's spirit to indwell you. The great God of the highest heaven has occupied our lowly hearts. And this is indeed a profound privilege. Let's pray.